Right, please join me in a word of prayer. Our gracious Father, as we gather this morning, we give you thanks for this most precious day. A day where we give thanks to you, for you are our Lord, our rock, and our salvation. Lord, keep our hearts open. We may receive your spirit and hear your word and live it out rightly with the great anticipation of the glory day yet to come. So Lord, I pray that the words of my mouth, the meditation of all of our hearts would be pleasing to you, my Lord, my rock, and my redeemer. Amen. Back in 1984, Bruce Springsteen produced an album entitled Born in the USA. In that album, it included hit songs like Born in the USA, I'm on Fire, Cover Me, as well as Glory Days. In the first verse of that song of Glory Days, Bruce Springsteen sings about how he and an old high school buddy run into each other. They, they sit down at a bar and they reminisce about how things were back in, the, back in the glory days, back in the days when they played baseball together. The next verse he goes on to sing about this girl he's known since high school and how occasionally they get together and they talk about the old times. They talk about the glory days. And in the last verse, he sings... Not that I'm getting old. But as people tend to get older and older, the more and more this song becomes re relevant. We all love to reminisce about the wonderful things we did when we were younger, back in those glory days. We, we all love to tell stories of those great things of the past. We go to class reunions, which this weekend of graduation is actually making me feel older. My niece just graduated, and the assistant principal gave the, the, the main speech, and he referenced how he graduated from high school 20 years ago, my 20th class reunions this summer. My niece and others are making me feel older, but not old. But when we get together at those class reunions, and, and when we get together maybe just as friends or as family at, at different gatherings or, or at the holidays, we don't sit down and talk about all those things that no one wants to remember. We don't talk about the embarrassing moments. Instead, we talk about the glory days. We talk and we laugh about all the wonderful things which had happened. And, and this reminiscing about the glory days is, is something which... It's probably happened ever since Adam and Eve. You know, I, I really doubt Adam and Eve sat around the fire at night and reminisced about that, that really, really big mistake they made when they decided not to listen to God, and then they got kicked out of the garden. I highly doubt that Lot loved to tell the story to his grandkids of how he used to live in this extremely sinful town which is mentioned as the worst cities ever throughout the whole pages of Scripture. 
I'm sure he was quick to tell his, his grandkids about that, that wonderful day when he and his family left Sodom and Gomorrah and his lovely wife turned around and didn't listen to God and was turned into that pillar of salt. I really don't think the Israelites voluntarily told the stories where they would sacrifice their babies to false gods or, or where they neglected the poor and the, the widowed among them. We like them are like them. We, do we really like to talk about our disappointments? Do we really like to talk about our embarrassing moments? Not really. We don't want anyone to know about those disappointments or those embarrassing moments. Instead, like the Israelites, like the people of old, we like the glory days. We can talk about those glory days all day long without a problem. The Israelite people, the Old Testament people, they love to tell the story of how God sent the ten plagues upon the Egyptians. And they love that story because it shows that awesome power and and love that God has for his people. They also love to tell the story of how God delivered them as they were trapped between Pharaoh's mighty army and this big body of water called the Red Sea. Just think about it. It would have been like, you know, you, you should have seen it. There, there, was this, there we were trapped between Pharaoh's approaching army and this big Red Sea, and we were yelling at Moses and we were yelling at God, going, why in the world did you bring us out here to die in the first place when we could have died in Egypt? And Moses, he turned his back on us. He, he walked up to the edge of the waters, looked up to heaven, held his staff out, and all of a sudden he just slams it into the water. And you won't believe it, but this water's parted. And here was this dry road right down the middle. And we booked it down that road because we wanted to get away from Pharaoh's army. And every time they get getting close, God protected us. And as soon as we got out of there, you wouldn't believe it, but God closed the water up over the army. And we were free. And so we started to sing. The song they sang, it's our Old Testament lesson this morning. Numerous times, whether it's in the prophets or whether it's written within the Psalms themselves, the glory days of Israel's past are brought up and they are remembered over and over again. And there's a reason for it. It's not that God doesn't have anything new to say to his people. God doesn't just repeat them because it's something fun to talk about. Instead, God wants the Israelite people to remember that all that he has done for them. He repeats these stories of the glory days because the Israelites have a memory problem. You see, they, think to, they love to think that all, their, all the wonders of their glory days were things which they themselves had accomplished. But the reality of it is, the stories they love to tell, those glory day stories, they all come from the blessings of God. God is the one who blessed them. God is the one who walked alongside of them and protected them. God is the one who never abandoned them, even though they walked away from Him and abandoned Him over and over again. We all love the glory days. Just like the people of old, the Old Testament, how many, you know, how many times do you hear someone say, man, I wish I could go back to the way things were when I was a kid or when I was younger. People would love to go back to the days when pretty much every church in town was always full. 
People would love to go back to the days when life and marriage were, were things that were respected and valued. People would love to go back to, the, to always those glory days of old. But let me throw this question out there. If we're to go back to the days of the past that everyone so desperately craves, what do you think those people would say? Do you think the people of the days that we crave were totally satisfied? I don't think so. When, when looking back, there's always a time a little farther and a little farther back that was greater. If we did this, if we would keep going back and back and back in time to, to a time when everyone is totally satisfied, 100% satisfied, you know where we'd end up? And God saw that everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, there was morning, the sixth day. We would have to go back to creation, to the sixth day of creation, when everything is done, to find a day when everything was absolutely perfect. That was a long time ago. It means that our glory days, the days that we're living, they have moments of greatness, yes. They have moments where we recognize God's blessings. But they'll never be perfect. In the words of Bruce Springsteen, they'll consist of boring stories of glory days. Nothing real too exciting. But let's look again at the first verse of our Old Testament reading. Isaiah says, in that day you will say. In that day you will say. Notice Isaiah doesn't say, on that day you said, but in that day you will say. Isaiah is not looking back to those so-called glory days, but instead he's looking forward. He's looking forward to the glory days which are still yet to come. For the Israelite people, the glory days is the day when they're freed from captivity, but also when the Messiah comes and rescues his people. Those days of their freedom from captivity and the day when the Messiah comes, that's already happened. Jesus came. He lived the life that no one could ever possibly live. He died the death that every single person truly deserves. And then he victoriously rose from the dead so that all who believe in him will have eternal life. So if all that has happened, if all that is in the past, what do you and I have to look forward to here and, and now? What is that day in which we will say, give thanks to the Lord? Well, that day is every day that we gather here. And not just for church on Sunday mornings. Because it's here at this place, in this place where we hear God's Word. It's here where we receive the blessings of God through the fellowship with one another but also from this altar as we receive this morning Christ's body and blood. It's here where we get to sing praises to God. It's here where we get to give thanks to God for all the blessings He so freely pours on us each and every day. But it's not just today. There's also this day, this awesome and glorious day coming in the future. And that most awesome and glorious day was described in that second reading as John put it to us in Revelation 21. It's that day when it will be fully realized. 
There's a day coming when, when the new heavens and the new earth will come down and, and replace this dilapidated, broken, sinful world in which we live. A day is coming when all who believe in Jesus will be able to stand before the risen Savior. You and I will stand before our Savior and with His hands cupped around our face, we will see His welcoming smile. And He will wipe away every tear, every joyful tear from our eyes. There's no more death, no more mourning, no more crying. There in that day, standing before your Savior, that day will truly be a glorious day. A, a glorious day worth singing about because there's no other day that's better than it. In that day you will say, the Lord, the Lord is my strength and my song. He, He has become my salvation. Amen.